Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Austin, and this week's episode is going to be a good one, folks. I am joined by Mr. Sean McCauley, who is one of the owners and founders of a little company called Cloud Defensive. Uh, so if you guys have been paying attention even remotely for the last, I don't know, five, ten-ish years, you guys know who Cloud is, you know what they're working on. Um, <clears throat> their lights are pretty much a standard in the industry. I'm pretty sure they're Rain 3.0 right now is the strongest light that's out there uh, for commercial consumption on a rifle. Uh, so really, just really a cool opportunity to uh, kind of talk to Sean and hear about how Cloud got started and pick his brain and uh, and hear the ins and outs. You know, we always want to hear about new gear and new kit and when the, the latest and greatest is coming out. And I get it. Like, we always want the bigger, the better. But, you know, uh, getting the down-to-earth answer on a lot of that stuff is it's valuable you know you kind of start to understand that there's a process here and that the amount of time and effort that goes into it is not you know without worth mentioning so really really cool conversation um i think you guys are really going to dig it uh i i honestly don't know a ton about light technology so looking forward to the opportunity to uh again converse with sean let him explain what he went through and the struggles with building a better light without making it a bigger light, you know, is just one very uh, obvious example. Uh, yeah, you can make a way brighter light, but it's gonna be way bigger. You know, what are the struggles, things like that that go into it. So uh, very cool, especially as all of us, right? We have white lights on our pistols, we have white lights on our rifles. And if you don't, you should, if you're somebody listening to this right now, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't need that. Because, you know, uh, that's a problem. It's going to tell somebody where I'm at. It's going to cause issues. It's going to whatever. Not true. It's not true. That is like 40 year old military propaganda that having a white light is a bad idea. You should 110% have a white light. We've talked about it in so many other, you know, discussions and episodes and conversations, and we just happen to talk about it again here with an actual professional who does this and solely this. So, uh, you know, really, really, again, really, really cool conversation. Uh, very much uh, was looking forward to this opportunity for several weeks uh, as we had this on the on the calendar and everything. So I think you guys are really going to dig it. Um, you know, in, in other news, you know, uh, things in the country here kind of continue to roll on. Uh, not really getting any answers on any of the Biden family investigation. Not really getting any answers on whose cocaine was in the White House. Funny how that seems to just be a problem when you have a uh, cokehead like Hunter Biden hanging around. So uh, really, really, you know, really good stuff. Uh, lots of court cases ongoing uh, against the ATF still. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything drastic happen with the brace ban, um, but you know, uh, more to come. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, really, really stoked for the conversation with Sean. Before I get over to that discussion, uh, I do have to say thank you to a couple key people here. Thank you first, obviously to Sean for making the time. Um, if you guys run your own business, if you've ever run a business or like me, you grew up in a family where your parent or parents run that small business, you know how precious time is. So uh, sincerely, big, big, big thank you to Sean to making the time, carving out the time to sit down and, and entertain my questions and have the discussion with me. Additionally, thank you to our Patreon patrons. Guys, if you're looking to support Prepared Mindset, like 
that's the best way you can. Um, even if it's only for a month or two months or something, get access to the exclusive content that we have. Give some feedback. You know, if you want to see new content, if you want us to talk to certain people or cover certain things, like that's the best way to do it is through our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. It's also on our link tree on Instagram. Uh, always posting new stuff up on there. Just put up a new carrier review of the new carrier that I'm uh, rolling with the HRT LBAC. So uh, always stuff being added to there every week in addition to what we're doing here with the podcast, in addition to what we have out on Instagram. So a uh, huge thank you so much to all of our Patreon patrons, but also a huge shout out and a big, big thanks to the team over at Midwest Gunworks that support everything that we do here at the Prepared Mindset Podcast. You guys can head over to MidwestGunworks.com and they have set up our own discount code, Prepared Mindset, it's all one word, for 5% off your order. If you guys have never heard of Midwest Gunworks, they've been in business since 97. They're not exactly the new kid on the block. And they are a great source for AR parts and AR components. If you're building a rifle, if you're finishing a rifle, if you're upgrading your rifle. A lot of us picked up our first AR in the last three or four years here when things were getting extra spicy all over the continental U.S. Now that you have the rifle, it's time for that optic. It's time for a light. It's time for a better bolt carrier. It's time for a better flash hider. Whatever have you, Midwest Gunworks can take care of you folks. Again, MidwestGunworks.com, discount code. Prepared Mindset for 5% off when you order your magazines, slings, some of your gunsmithing tools, red dots. Hell, it could be a whole new firearm. Head on over to the website, check it out, let the team there take care of you. Thank you as well to HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, if you already own the firearm and you are ready to take the next step into tactical training, you need to have the gear that's going to enable you to be effective. It just so happens that HRT, that's how they got their start, okay? They were a training company that turned into a nylon kit company. These guys are end users that are designing and building this gear custom tailored to the outcomes and the events that w- that you're going to need this gear for. You can check out their plate carriers like the LBAC that I'm running, load-bearing adaptive carrier, right? It's outstanding. Tigris Cummerbund, so many points of adjustment, I can't even name it. Their rack carrier, that it was their flagship for so long. Their, their placard systems, like their Maximus right? They have their arc belt line pouches, all kinds of good stuff. Again, hrttacticalgear.com, newest sponsor for us here, Prepared Mindset. Go check out the website, go pick up some high quality gear for you, for your wife, for your team, whatever you guys need. Also, thank you to 100 Concepts. Guys, we're talking with Sean from uh, Cloud Defensive. And one of the biggest things that 100 Concepts makes is light caps, and they make exclusive light caps sized for the Rain 3.0 light, the most powerful light on the market, I'm pretty sure. You know, having that kind of gear to augment the equipment that you buy to make you as effective as you can possibly be, you can't put a value on that. You guys, head on over to 100concepts.com, check out what they got going on, pick up a light cap, so whether you're running something from Cloud or something from one of these other light companies, make sure you are well set up. Check out their scope caps, their pack scrim. They even have their whole line of hex caps that they rolled out a couple months back now and are adding to, it seems like every other week, there's a new model coming out, whether it's the RMR or the MRO or the Hollow Sun variants always working on something. The guys over 100 Concepts do an absolutely outstanding job. Do good, be dangerous, live free. That's their motto, 100concepts.com. And finally, thank you as well to LARP Labs. Guys, if you are looking at painting your rifle and you just don't know about the optics, you just don't know about your flashlight, you just don't know about the laser, 
let LARP Labs take care of you with their computer cut 3M vinyl wraps. Guys, this stuff is super durable and I'm not kidding. All right. It can stand hours and hours and hours out in the rain. It has a three-year shelf life outdoors. It's not going to peel, okay? It's not going to bubble. It's not going to fall off after two weeks. It's not a sticker. It is a adhesive vinyl wrap. John and the team make an outstanding product. Head over to LARPLabs.com. Use discount code PREPAREDMINDS to save 10% off your order. They got you taken care of an M81, Multicam, Ranger Green, Coyote, you know, whatever you need. They're going to get you all set up. That's for EOTech, Aimpoint, Vortex, Holosun, Cloud. They've got all the major companies, all the major brands, all set, ready to go for you. LARPLabs.com. One more time, discount code PREPAREDMINDSET is going to save you 10% off your order. Now, like I said, Sean is sitting down with me. We get into all kinds of stuff. We talk about how you know they founded the company, what they were even doing before cloud defensive. That's always one of the interesting stories too, right? Like, hey, you started a flashlight company. Badass, man. What did you do before that? And it's always weird when you find out, you know, hey, people had a life, like a normal life. They didn't just get born into the, uh, into the weapons industry or in this case, you know, weapons accessories industry. Um, and it's not always what you might think it is. So it's a really cool story. Uh, very fun to hear about uh, the Chicro, their Chinese micro uh, EDC light, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, but I'm going to shut the hell up. You guys are probably sick of hearing this. If you've stuck around at this point, please uh, check out some of our sponsors. Go pick up some new gear and support some pretty rad companies that support the podcast you're listening to right now. But without any further delay, without any further ado, I am going to get us on over to my discussion with Mr. Sean McCauley, one of the owners of Cloud Defensive. Sean, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Dude, absolutely. I, I'm such a huge fan of what you guys do over there at Cloud. Uh, I've, I'm fairly geeked to uh, try to, anyway, pick your brain uh, on, I mean, everything, right? I mean, I know we were talking a little bit before we hit record here, and like, I don't really know a ton about flashlights other than brighter is better is kind of like a ground rule, you know? Um, so it is, uh, it is. I, definitely ready to get into it. Um, <clears throat> and with that, you know, uh, I'll just ask you, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to the, to the listeners and, and talk a little bit about what you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, my name is Sean McCauley, uh, the founder and uh, one of the two owners of Cloud Defensive. Uh, the other owner is Matt Tenbarge, my best friend, my bestie. And uh, we started the company uh, back in officially 2013. Uh, it's a little bit of a tangent, but we thought it was going to be a consulting company. And uh, at the time, we were doing firearms training locally, and we kind of had a different vision. And uh, we were both doing other things to pay the bills at the time. Uh, but uh, the stars kind of lined up the way they do. Uh, a couple of years later, we had the idea for the first product, which was that light control system, and then it all took off from there. Uh, you ask what I do? Uh, we are the, the men of many hats, <laughs> so we wear, we wear a lot of hats around here. Uh, in the beginning, it was just the two of us uh, doing basically everything, uh, and now uh, you know we've, we're fortunate to have grown and, and got really good team members here, and so uh, we're a little bit more refined. So what I'm doing day-to-day -day now uh, is uh, Matt's got the lead in product development. I assist on that end. Uh, I handle all the sales, the marketing, the media, um, the business development side of things. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. so we do a lot of things around here. Yeah. So safe to say more fun than the day job you had before cloud? Uh, yeah. Uh, so before clouds, so I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit. 
uh, before cloud, I was doing uh, web-based nutritional consulting. So of all the things, like my oh, background is wow. actually in exercise physiology and nutrition. So uh, I was doing that and uh, I had uh, a good client base and I was just running uh, my own business from, from my house. And uh, as much fun as it was, and it, it was paying the bills and it was doing everything it was supposed to do, uh, but it just wasn't quite where the passion lie, you know? And so uh, mm-hmm. one thing Matt and I kind of have a history of now is turning passion uh, into revenue generators, <laughs> you know? So like we seek out uh, what we're really passionate and, and want to do. And then we figure out a way to, to like monetize that, to make a business and, you know, uh, support ourselves from it. And so that's really what cloud is, is uh, we're shooters at heart. We're gun guys at heart. We love to go out and train and shoot and do everything that we're probably going to talk about on this podcast. And yeah. uh, then once we kind of were able to kind of parlay that, uh, that passion into, into it, it was just like, okay, well, like I said, we had the idea for the first LCS and that, that first product, which was just a, a hard mount for a Surefire STO7 remote switch. Uh, Cause at the time we were all running Surefire lights, the scout lights. Uh, but we had an issue with the remote switch and how that kind of interfaced with the gun and I remember, you know, we were running like 10 and a half inch SBRs suppressed, uh, pretty common setup, you know, but at the time, like we were having to, uh, you know, Velcro remote switches onto, uh, you know, a three, $4,000 gun. And I just remember sitting back thinking like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, there's a better way. And so uh, that's when we, oh boy, that's when it got crazy. I mean, there's a big gap from having an idea to bringing that to fruition, to then being able to tell the whole world about it. And hopefully it passes the litmus test of, of being legitimized in the public's eyes, in their, in their minds, like, Hey, this is a good product. So yeah, we're all going to go buy it. Uh, and that's where the LCS, I think kind of resonated with a bunch of people was it solved a very real problem, you know, just because uh, I had an STO seven switch that was not securely attached to my weapon at the time. I knew I was not the only guy who had that issue. Oh Yeah. Everybody since, uh, you know, it, uh, for the last 20 years, like that was kind of the gold standard in remote switches. And here we are running, you know, a lot of low light stuff that we were doing at the time and even not running low light stuff and, and just battling the remote switch, uh, getting snagged on stuff, you know, and getting ripped off the gun, which then, you know, ask me how much that costs to replace because oh, yeah. you're tearing out caps and stuff. So, uh, those, the LCS was born from that frustration. Uh, and so that's kind of where it, where it all started for us. And I remember seeing that, uh, I mean, and that was, that came out even before I got into shooting, but I remember seeing that and going, wow, that's, it's kind of a neat idea. Uh, because I, at the time I was running a stream light, you know, and they send you these goofy, uh, and I guess I had them work on all, but like two guns, these like goofy rubber things you got to fight and wrestle with. And they're like, oh, but you could also use this adhesive 3M strip or some zip ties. I'm like, this just feels like I could do this with my dad in the garage. Like, why is there not, you know what I mean? A better solution than I found with the LCS. And I was like, wow, finally, somebody actually did make something to solve this problem. Yeah, I think it's a case where uh, how those particular items had been viewed previously dictated how the companies that came before us produced it. So uh, when I say that, um, before cloud, uh, I believe that, the other companies and there are competitors now and i'm not speaking uh ill of them i never will they've done amazing things sure uh, but i think they viewed those remote switches as perishable items like you buy your light you use your remote switch until it dies then you get a new remote switch you buy a new one like it's a it's a perishable 
it's like a, a magazine theoretically, you know, will wear out if you don't maintain it or something. You know what I'm saying? So like some yeah. parts just die over time. Um, so I think they viewed it as that. Well, through that lens, I think uh, product development and the way things are manufactured uh, are impacted by that. So fast forward some years uh, after the owl, our first light, and after some other stuff, now with our rain light, we don't view our remote switches as perishable. We view them as part of the unit. It's integral to the unit. So we fully warranty the remote switches. Uh, nobody else will do what we do on that end, I promise you. Um, and uh, it's just part of it. So if you buy a, a rain, you get the light, you get the remote, you get everything in it. And if anything breaks, like we just replace it, no questions asked. So uh, again, that kind of goes back to, who we were at the beginning and still remain, you know, to this day, when I buy something and I buy a nice something, <laughs> I expect it right. to, to survive. And I expect the company to stand behind it, period. You know, you spend <laughs> 400 bucks on a light. I want the company behind me. And so that's what, that's what cloud's built on. So Ed, when did you guys decide? Cause I, I think the next step for you guys was the owl, correct? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I, and I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. Like I remember seeing, it, I go, man, that thing's huge. Like, and then my buddy got one. He got one, uh, I think through like Big Daddy or something years ago. Like he picked that up with like an EOTech and he came over to the house like, man, you got to check this out. This thing's sweet. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen it online. It looks pretty. But then I started playing with it and I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then we like shut off all the lights. I'm like, wow, it's, it's fucking bright, dude. Uh, yeah. I retract everything I said. Like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, switch it <laughs> oh, around. And like, well, and because that, at that point, like he had, I think, he had like a surefire scout. So maybe 600 yep. lumens. And I think I had the small like streamlight version of that, which is like 350 lumens. So by comparison, it was like, just blows it out of the water performance wise. Yeah. So how did you guys get, I mean, the, where did the idea come for the owl that you just made that step for you? Like, you know, had the hell with it. We're just going to do it our way. Well, there's a lot to say. So I'm just going to start talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please. We stood in my driveway, Matt and I, years ago and swore up and down we would never make a light, uh, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> we made the LCS, and it wasn't that we didn't feel that we could compete, but at the time, it was a function of, okay, well, we've learned how to machine three pieces of metal and make it interface with a, a, a Picatinny rail or M-Lock or whatever, uh, but there was a huge, huge seismic gap <laughs> between what we did there and what we knew uh, a cloud weapon light would have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best way I can describe that is uh, it was a tremendous roll of the dice uh, in every way imaginable, um, you know, from the brand, financially, everything for us oh, yeah. to be able to go and say, okay, we're going to stand up a weapon light uh, and hope like hell we get it right. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, yeah. To the point where once we ship those units, they're either good or they're not. And the entire fate of the company is going to be decided in that moment, honestly, uh, by that first product. Um, and we had never built a light before. Like my background's nutrition. His is firearms. Like, bro, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're so, so far uh, apart on this. It's not even funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was fun. And so, uh, but this is where... Um, I guess if, uh, if there's, if there's magic in it is we're two dudes who just have zero fucking chill. (laughs) And so 
uh, it got to the point where, uh, in that conversation, we said, you know, we're not going to create lights, you know, Surefire's doing that really well. Streamlight does their things. There's some other flashlight manufacturers, but in the weaponized space, it was basically mm-hmm. Surefire world. Uh, and so we, we actually, you know, that conversation came and went and we kept going about our business, but before that long, not, not too much time passed, we started to kind of see where the writing was on the wall for a couple of reasons. First of all, we still had uh, desires on what an optimized weapon light owl, you know, should be. And we didn't see that coming to fruition in the market. So it was like, okay, well, if the other guys aren't going to dig into it, you know, we once again kind of perceive that there was a, an opening. There's, here's a doorway that, that we can walk through if we're willing to walk through that fire because there's, <laughs> that, that ain't easy. Uh, yeah. And so that was the first thing we saw the opportunity. And then um, we just, I don't know how else to say it. We just kind of made a decision. We're just like, fuck it, we're going to do this. Um, and that was a huge thing. I mean, you're talking about uh, a two-year development cycle uh, from the time uh, that we had basically the first meeting on the OWL uh, to the time that we shipped the first unit was two years. And I assure you during that two years, like there was nothing other than money getting spent. <laughs> I say that's that's going to be a scary time to, there's a lot so of hope for two years. Yeah. Well, it's also a no fail mm-hmm. mission. That makes it easier. It's like, well, we mm-hmm. can't, we can't miss. We got to ship this light, especially once we showed people. So basically we teed off with that project uh, and it was hell. I'm not going to say otherwise it was tough. Uh, for a variety of reasons, um, up to and including, we were getting a crash course in electrical engineering. We're getting a crash course in diodes and batteries uh, and how to build weapon, uh, not even a weapon light, but how to build a flashlight and then how to harden that system for use on a weapon. Um, I mean, just straight immersion therapy. Like I barely saw my wife (laughs) for two years. You know, it was insane. Um, You know, staying at the shop till one, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, going home, getting a few hours, crashing, coming back, going again. And I'm, th- I'm for two years straight, man. It was insane. Yeah. Um, and that's what it took. And through that, we uh, created a whole bunch of prototypes. We ran into a, uh, more walls than I can even count. Um, and uh, the complexity of the OWL design actually was one of the great challenges uh, because we wanted to, again, make it substantially different and address problems that had not been addressed, that means we had to basically look at how previous weapon lights had been executed and then throw that out the window. Right. Yeah. Like there was no, uh, uh, I don't even know. Uh, I mean, building preconceived I, I, notions, there were no preconceived notions. So like what we didn't do was say, Oh, well we have to do it this way. You know, uh, we weren't because... indoctrinated into how lights had been built for 20 years. Right. So, and up, up until that point, that's all you saw. You saw that, yeah. that prototypical, this that's is what it is with a tape switch and a, and a wire. Yeah. And that is, that's yeah. it. And everyone's just going to copy this. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, um, a tape, uh, uh, a weapon light historically uh, is essentially a retrofit flashlight to a gun via a remote switch and some kind of mount. Um, and that's okay. Our range still technically fits that form factor. I'm not talking smack about that. I'm just saying historically, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so with the owl, uh, what we wanted to do was, uh, we, the the term that we used internally was the everyman light, uh, because we wanted it to be simple enough for the guys who weren't, 
maybe at our level of obsession, <laughs> you know, sure. with firearms yeah. and training and all that, uh, that they could just buy that light, one solution in one box, put it on their gun quickly and, and go to the range, go to work, put it next to their bed, do whatever they're going to do. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that, the, that requirement drove the form factor of the owl quite a bit. Um, you know, we wanted it to be uh, ambidextrous and reversible, you know, and I'll never forget the first meeting I had. We didn't have a building at the time, but we had a whiteboard, you know, and um, I just started bullet pointing down that. And the first thing was it has to be ambidextrous. It has to be reversible. Here's how many lumens I want uh, minimum just to be viable in the market space. Here's how much candela. By the way, we're talking about candela now. And nobody really talked about it, at least in the, the terms uh, or the frequency that, that we started to. And I'm thankful to say the conversation has shifted now. So Candela became a, a very centralized focus. We talked about the switching uh, and the uh, the electrical system, at least from a like the 10,000 foot view level, like, hey, I push the button. It's a momentary. I tap it. It goes constant. Why do I want that? Well, there's here's here's a million reasons I want that up to and including injured shooter drills, you know, like things that we had been doing. Yeah. So uh, so that drove uh, kind of the criteria of the product. And then from there, it just turned into, OK, well, how the hell do we bring this to fruition? <laughs> Because it's one thing to, to, you know, create ideas on a whiteboard. It's another thing to ship a light. Uh, and so that's where that process took off. And like I said, it was, it was a good two years. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I could talk for the next hour just on that. So I won't do that. But uh, to, to kind of sum that up, we worked really, really hard for a year uh, and got what we thought at the time was the solution or something very close to the solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, and at the 11th hour, and I mean the 11th hour, cause I was the last guy on that aircraft. I get on the plane to go out to shot show with, uh, I had six of these things in a Pelican to show the world. Um, and so we got out to shot show and, uh, the performance was there. Uh, those pre-production pre-pre-production like they were they were rough now i look at it and i was like how why the hell did i do that you know but like, <laughs> it was very funny um but they worked and i mean it, it definitely proved the concept and we showed the world and the world just went nuts for it uh performance was a big thing um the one piece thing now these were actually uh three cr123 variants that we never actually sold like they were huge you think the the production owl was big you should have yeah. seen you should have seen the original bro <laughs> um so um but again, it, it just highlighted like it was there. And we thought we were close enough with that form factor and everything um, that we were comfortable enough to start taking pre-orders for it. So we started to pre-order that thing um, and people just started to buy it and they're buying, buying, buying. Uh, and then we started to run into problems and talk about bad timing on, on that. Uh, there were some uh, mechanical challenges with regards to uh, contacts and how we were making electrical contact through the head to the body okay. specifically the challenge the tail was a challenge uh, where the prototypes had been good enough at production that's a whole nother standard right so we fought yeah. through that and then um about four months after we opened i think it was best of my memory about four months after we had started that pre-order we started to see what we could do with an 18650 instead of cr123s and mm -hmm. so now it's like, oh boy. Uh, and so we just basically pushed the pause button, went back and just gutted the thing. Uh, <laughs> total redraw is the joke. And um, went to an 18650. Well, once we did that, now we had all the power we ever wanted because the 18650 is a powerhouse. Uh, and the performance went through the roof. The length of the system came down. 
uh, it got a little bit thicker, but nominally. So like totally worth it. And, uh, and that's when the final form factor hit. And then, so for the next, uh, again, ballparking handful of months was spent getting that through all the testing we had to get through refining everything we had to refine. And then we shipped our very first owl. The first shipment went out, uh, almost a year to the day after we launched pre-orders. Damn. Ask me if the internet was angry about that. I, you know, I was just going to say, I, I can only imagine the, uh, colorful language. Um, that was probably death threats. So, uh, yeah, seriously death threats. Uh, there were some threats made. Um, it was mostly just people bloviating on social media, but still like it got, it got, (laughs) it was, that was a, a very, very small minority. Uh, but it got really bad. And so here's the, here's here, where our blood pressures were going up. I w- what did I say early on when we first started talking? I said, the first light is going to be judged really harshly as it uh-huh. should be like the whole company. And so like, you want to know the most stressful moment in clouds history for me personally was probably the first uh, couple of weeks, something like that, three weeks, something like that. After we started shipping those first units, because before you ship them, there's an expectation out there for the people who pre-ordered them but right. they didn't have any experience with it. Lights hadn't failed in the field or succeeded in the field. Like we hadn't <laughs> shipped it yet, but as soon as we ship it, like once it leaves your dock, you don't control it anymore. Right. <laughs> so I was like, Oh boy, right. here we go. Um, so we started to ship them, uh, which was actually really good for us because we've been taking a lot of heat, as I said, you know, cause we hadn't shipped in so long after the pre-orders just because of all the realities of production that we were learning along the way. <laughs> um, and so, uh, we started to ship them and thankfully they, they did phenomenal. They did great in the field. Um, and it literally built the reputation of the company as, uh, to what it is today in large part, or at least built a foundation for that, um, in terms of the performance of a cloud product, the durability of a cloud product, uh, some innovative features and, uh, kind of some outside the box thinking, I think that resonate with, with the guys who actually use the tools. That's the key. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so that was the owl. And then, uh, we spent the next six, probably more like eight months, um, just digging out of back orders, uh, to the point where like it, owl was very difficult to produce. I'll be honest. It was very expensive to produce. Um, and so, uh, it made it hard to match demand, especially for a young and rapidly scaling company who's yeah. hiring people. Well, and and, and with a year's worth of back orders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, yeah. And it's not like orders stopped. I mean, I guess we could have stopped taking orders. We didn't just because I was like, well, this is a for-profit business. And if we're going to continue to scale the company, you have to continue to generate cash. Yeah. Uh, that's you, kind of, the you can only, capitalist thing. yeah, you know, you like, only got so you, much wiggle room there. Yeah. hundred percent. And all of that just went right back into the company, you know? So during all this time, um, it's not like we were just sitting around focused on making lights. We were doing that, but we were also started to hire people, we were uh, creating uh, all of the less sexy parts of the business that are absolutely real, uh, but that social media probably doesn't want to talk about, you know, logistics. Okay, well, how are we shipping these things? You know, um, how are we tracking our inventory, including uh, small parts inventory, electrical inventory, sub-assemblies? When do those turn into complete assemblies? How do those work through the production lines? You know, all of that stuff, all of the stuff that you have to master if you're going to produce anything at any scale. Yeah. We were learning and we, we had no training in it whatsoever. Ask me if it hurt. Like it was rough, but it was fun 
and we loved it. And so again, we kind of walked through all that fire. And at the end of the day, uh, basically within a year of, of dropping that owl, um, the company was totally transformed. You know, uh, obviously a lot of cash was coming in. We were spending a lot of cash because we're, we're growing the, growing the thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and then from there, it just started to uh, turn into very rapid calls for a, a more traditional weapon light, hence the rain, which was under development very, very quickly. Uh, and then uh, handheld lights too, which, you know, now we find ourselves doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been an absolute crash course, but it's been a ton of fun. Well, oh, I can only imagine. I mean, the that's the thing, you know, I mean, I, and I grew up in a household with uh, a mother that owned a small business, owned a restaurant. So like, I, I know when people look at it from the outside and they're like, oh, well, you're probably living the good life. I mean, you may, you have your own business, you work for yourself. It's great. Huh. Don't see like the <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes yeah. stuff that goes into that, where it's like, yeah, it's not all sunshine and daisies. Like there's those days. No. There's also like those days or, or weeks well, where it's just, you know, crushing. I mean, I get it, you know, crushing stress and, and, and nonstop headaches and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and luckily, I mean, for you guys, it, it worked. You know, your, your vision was what, you know, was needed at the time, uh, you know, and the owl, I, you guys, you guys basically sunset that, that model, correct? Uh, yeah, actually it's been, so we've got the final production run, uh, coming through. I think, in fact, I know they're in the assembly cells now. Uh, I don't know exactly when that'll be available. I think there's about 400 more. So the last 400, um, and, uh, those will be, be through, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was sunset for a few reasons, uh, up to and including, and you pointed it out, uh, she thick, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, uh, it's a big girl. So, um, Al was a little bit too big. Uh, now what you get with that is amazing durability, like us throwing it off of a parking garage kind of durability. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, that's not always required to that level, right? Uh, weight mm-hmm. does matter, especially at the front end of a gun, especially if you've got a suppressor on there or lasers. I mean, it gets heavy, so we, we're mindful of that. We listen to people, and when the when the community at large is saying it's too big, it's too heavy, okay, cool. Uh, here's the rain, uh, substantially lighter, substantially uh, smaller, substantially uh, more in line with what I think people wanted aesthetically. Um, and then the rain also outperforms the owl now. Uh, cause it's electrically superior. So all of a sudden it's like, well, why am I spending more money on a bigger, heavier, underpowered owl? Um, right. that's okay. It was just kind of yesterday's tech. Honestly, we've got much better tech in the rains now. Um, they outperform them. Like I said, people, uh, often ask, you know, if we would do a second generation owl, the answer is probably, uh, it's not underway currently. We've got other projects we're more focused on. Um, but, uh, I think it would be fun to revisit that and look at how to execute that with our, our current knowledge base, which is substantially better. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. And uh, I think it would be, it would be a fun one, but, um, but yeah, just, it kind of goes back to, uh, again, us listening to the market, you know, if the market wants that they're going to tell us. And then that's when those, those decisions are made, uh, which sound a lot like, uh, you know, Matt and I sitting on a couch talking and being like, yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> you know, like well, that's, that's, that's about, how that's the thing in the industry, you know, these companies, the big ones, the, 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 you know, the surefire, right. Surefire. If you're talking optics, it's Trigicon or Aimpoint, Right. And at some point it's almost like they stop listening, you know, and then they get weird and people get upset that they're not getting that, that solution, right. For that tool that they need to do their job better or fill that scratch that itch, whatever, 
you know, you want to, you want to say, so yeah. to have a company like cloud step in and say, Hey, this is our idea. Um, in that case, right. It was the owl. And that mm-hmm. was the, the catalyst that kind of, because I can only imagine, right. Like trying to step into the game in the market, you know, and cause there's, there's like a million light companies out there. Right. And most of them are not very good, you know, uh, and it, some of them are great. You know, uh, I certainly count you guys among those, but stepping into that, like, well, here, like you said, it was, it was all in and it was a no fail, uh, situation, you know, and the owl was enough to, to change things and say, there's more than two options and there's more than one way to build a light. And even if that's not here anymore, you know, like I think I, I actually have the, the rain 3.0 and I think it's outstanding. It's so bright. First thing I did, cause I got it like right before Easter, I was so excited. Brought my dad and my brother down to my basement. I was like, dude, check this out. And uh shot it in my brother's face. It's like, huh. it, it, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh so what you guys are doing is is working, you know, and it's it's another I mean, I want it, to it's it's another option, right? People don't have to go, well, I have to buy this because that's all there is. No. And they can go to your company, they can look at the options you guys have. And on top of that, your guys' customer service is starting to develop one of those like strong reputations for just being like excellent. I appreciate that. Yeah. We, um, that kind of goes into the business side of it. Uh, the the customer support side, but I mean, it's part of a bigger conversation. So, um, one of the things I wanted to do really early, uh, and we did from day one was sell direct to the customer. Um, and not every business does that. I mean, if you rewind even 20 years, like think mm-hmm. about how commerce was handled kind of in a, you can even go pre Amazon or, you know, right around that era. Um, most manufacturing entities manufactured the things uh, sold through uh, other distribution models. Uh, and they basically palletize their stuff. They clear their docks and they keep making it like that's the model. Yeah. Uh, cloud from the beginning was always customer oriented. Again, we're the customers. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to listen to them because if they don't like something about it or if they have suggestions or if, uh, you know, there's there's guidance from those customers, we're going to stay grounded in that. And so the model was always, well, we're going to sell direct to the customers. We're going to, you know, maintain that. Well, in order to do that, you also have to, like what I say earlier, figure out how to scale everything. Uh, that means uh, at the beginning, it was me answering customer service emails, <laughs> you know. Uh, Jake and a handful of others. Uh, now we've got a whole customer service team involved because the amount of traffic that goes through our channels every day is fairly large. Um, and so being able to hire the right people to uh, to do that, which by the way, that's a trick because uh, customer service, uh, there's a, a, a kind of a certain uh, headspace mindset. You know, I think some people are really oriented yeah. toward, yeah. Yeah. Um, and other people are like, fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> you know, like they can't handle it. <laughs> you know, I did. So, um, I did. I left working with the public. I was like, you know what? I did my five years F this man. I'm going, I'll talk to you on at the most. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it's kind of funny, but, uh, but our, our crew is awesome at that. And, uh, in our case, it's a little bit specialized. I think customer service, the challenge for those dudes, uh, and ladies would be to, uh, the more specialized the equipment that they're, they're supporting, uh, the more intensive their knowledge base, <clears throat> excuse me, the more intensive their knowledge base has to be. Um, you know, if some dude, and this happens all the time, 
sends us a message and says, Hey, I've got a, a Mark 18 and it's running a, you know, a, a dead air suppressor, for example. Um, you know, what kind of mount should I, should I get? It's like, well, the damn well better know what a Mark 18 is, <laughs> you know, they, exactly. they better know what, uh, you know, how, how, what the outer diameter is on a dead air Sandman or something, uh, because all of this fits in. And what you don't want is your, is your customer service team to be giving out information that's, that's incorrect. It's like, we're the subject matter experts, right? And that goes across the board of the whole company. That doesn't just stop in product development. Like I want everybody here to be totally spun up on this stuff. Um, and that requires a lot of uh, human investment. Like you're investing in your people. Uh, we do everything we can to, to get people trained up. And I've, Lord knows I've not been perfect at that just because of all the things that we get pulled in a lot of directions. Um, but uh, we do everything we can to, to make sure that the people answering those questions have as much knowledge base as possible. And if they don't, they have the honesty to say, hey, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go find out for you. Like, yeah. that's okay, too. Um, so customer service is, is a huge thing uh, for that. Um, you know, RMAs, whenever something uh, needs to get replaced or if it needs, uh, for whatever reason, if something has to come back home um, to make sure we turn that around really quick. I've had other experiences um, with some other manufacturers. I'm not going to name drop on this one, uh, you know, where your, where your product is, is out of your possession for 60 or 90 days. And I was like, how about no? Like, that's unacceptable to me. That's a long, so, in today's day and age with the, what we have technologically, that's. Yeah, that's it, yeah exactly. It's just, it's, and it's, it's rough. Cause you're talking about uh, life-saving equipment. If you're talking about rifle mounted lights or something like that's my home defense gun, man. Like she ain't mm -hmm. going to be down, <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's where uh, making sure that we replace stuff fast and we're still trying to get faster and faster at it. And it's, it's uh, you know, again, drawing those lines, like, at what point do we repair it or do we just replace it? Our failure rate is so low in the field. Um, I will say right now, I have a high degree of certainty that we have the lowest failure rate in the field of any light company. Um, that's just my belief. I don't know everybody else's numbers, but I would bet pretty good oh, on I, that. After seeing uh, a lot of what you guys put out on social media, the testing and the drops and running it over with the truck and everything <laughs> yeah. in between, I would... Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what it would take to break one at this point. Uh, oh, well, they, they, you can break them. <laughs> it can be done. Uh, we've done it. Um, and also, they are electrical devices on a reciprocating firearm. Like, shit can go sideways. I'm not going to sit here and say otherwise. Like, it's an electrical device on a gun. Think about that. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're hard-use tools. Uh, we have very, very high survival rates in the field. Uh, that said, if anything does have to come home, and sometimes it does, that's okay. We bring it back and uh, overwhelmingly, we just replace the damn thing. Like, why even try to fix it? It sucks up bandwidth here. And with a failure rate that low, you just kind of cook that into to everything else you're doing. And you just say, well, it's just accepted. And, you know, if uh, if uh, pick a number, but let's say it's 1% or something. Uh, it's actually lower, I think. But um, let's just say it's 1%. Like then that guy gets a new light and we keep going and he's real happy because he just got a new light. And that in turn creates return business because he had such an outstanding yeah. experience that he knows he can buy and feel comfortable. Like something mm -hmm. happens, you guys are going to take care of me. I know I'm spending my money with, with a company that's doing good thing. And that's not a new yeah. concept, but for some reason it's, oh. it's so unadopted in the industry on so many things and you're spending well, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, it's true. It's like, um, I think if, 
I don't know, pick something that you might buy off uh, Amazon dirt cheap. It's like you almost view it as perishable. Like it's got a service life again. When it dies, you throw it in the trash can, you buy another one, right? Yeah. Those things exist in the world. Um, take flashlights out of the equation. Just pick something that you might get off of Amazon. <laughs> Toys for your kids or something. Like right. that's just how it is. Uh, but as soon as you cross that threshold, at least in my opinion, with a certain dollar amount, it's probably different for everybody. Um, it's like you just have a higher expectation of that. Uh, we make all of our stuff here uh, in the U.S., um, with the exception of the Chikro, which is a whole other conversation and a funny one, by the way. Um, but uh, it's all made just uh, 80 feet from where I'm sitting right now on the other side of the wall as the production cells start. So, like, it's all put wow. together here. Um, we built our own uh, – in-house injection molding we've learned how to talk fuck, you want to talk about hell <laughs> teach yourself injection molding um but we built our own uh molds and presses here so we can uh mold so like all of the switch covers all the rubber on the lights that's all mm -hmm. right here we get the raw uh stock from a supplier here in town um just in the form of pellets you know it goes into our machines and it comes out the other end uh you know as a as a switch cover so wow. um you know we do as much as we can here and uh, that gives us a tremendous amount of control over the product. It gives us a tremendous amount of uh, just comfort, I guess would be the way to say it. Uh, and knowing that, that we're making the best lights we can possibly make uh, from a business standpoint, if we're going to be blunt, it also gives us a lot of security. It's kind of an insurance policy uh, where, uh, you know, I don't have to rely on a supplier to make that part for me if I can make it. So if his building burns down or if COVID hits and he decides to shut down, or something like that, like your fate is largely tied to that supplier, right? Well, the more we can do here, the more right. we hedge against that. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, and that actually really mattered during COVID. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> that's where uh, we were actually very fortunate that we, that we had made some of those decisions because I don't think everybody was as fortunate there. Um, now, we still buy you know, raw bar stock and things. Um, so it's not like we can just conjure this up uh, from you know, the carpet in this office, like, can we still have to have to acquire raw? Oh, yeah. components? But it's, but, it's, uh, it's so much faster, you know, I can only yeah. imagine how much time you guys cut off your manufacturing, uh, lifetime or, or manufacturing cycle, not having to wait for shipping and holdups or, Hey, we had a bad batch of anodizing. We can't send you these light bodies or well, whatever it is that still happens <laughs> that still happens so we don't we yeah. don't anodize yeah. in-house um there's certain processes that are just not cost effective to do in-house especially with the, the amount that we've been scaling mm -hmm. uh so that's where you have to take into some consideration kind of juxtapose a little bit a couple of different options it's like well yeah we could stand up an anodized line but how long what's the roi on that and how much fuckery is going to be involved between green light and the time good parts start coming off and what's that going to do to our supply in the meantime and there's all sorts of headaches you know so uh you know like we work with some really good anodized shops and yeah we have to ship stuff um and if you look at uh one of the videos we want to do by the way um i don't have a timeline but we want to do like uh the life of a light and we want to show the world how it starts off literally as bar stock in our warehouse and all the processes that go through it and i think it'll take people by surprise like this is there's machining and there's anodizing, uh, but there's a lot of other processes that go into it. Um, and I can tell you, there's not a lot of flashlight companies that manufacture domestically and it's because it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, there's easier ways to make money. I'm going to be blunt. So we love this. This is what we're doing, but I understand now <laughs> some things yeah. I did not understand then. Well, and, and people don't, 
I, I, I would for, for sure be interested in seeing a video like that, but it's always funny to me when I look through and, and not even just what you guys do, like any company, they tease a optic, they tease a, a rail, you know, or a handguard for an AR-15. Yeah. They go, this is in development. Stay tuned. Like looks sick, great concept and everything is people get so pissed and been out of shape. We've been waiting for this forever. Why aren't we getting this? And it's like, do you have any concept of how long this can take like they're not going to make one and then sell that and make another one and sell that like you build up a stock there's issues you run into like all the stuff you just went through and people just that's it just drives me up the wall <clears throat> they just want to sit there and and you know some of those awesome messages you mentioned earlier during the pre-order right because they don't get that like it takes time and in your instance like hey we ran into something we didn't even realize we we're gonna run into we changed the battery it changed the whole design in the end it's a better product for it, you know, or yep. you have a better system altogether for it, more reliable. People just flip the hell out about that shit. And I, it drives me insane. It's like, look, if you really can't wait, if you have to have it, go buy something else. Like I, yep. there's just, who's going to want to put out a subpar product. And then you're going to be the same asshole turning around going, well, they sold me a lemon. This thing sucks ass. I'll never, you know what I mean? And it's like a yep. self-defeating uh, prophecy. Uh, you know, you just don't do business that way. Yeah, it's not uh, real sustainable. It's not real scalable. I think the internet, um, <laughs> the interwebs, <laughs> is as wild as they are, it gives everybody a voice and a platform, and that's great. Mm -hmm. But there's also liability in that, which is, um, you know, if people are unhappy, they surely tell you. Uh, and so um, when it comes to the, the manufacturing realities, like I said, we've had a crash course in it, and we're still learning. I mean, oh, my gosh, we're going to learn for a long time. Like, there's learning's never done. Uh, but we have come a very long ways. Uh, and um, just the realities alone of scaling production are far more intensive than I would have ever guessed them to be. Uh, yeah. You know, because you're talking about uh, an ever-growing company. Um, you know, like I said, we sell direct to the customers. We sell to two-step distribution. So basically to the, we sell to the guys who sell to the guys that, that you buy from, <laughs> you know. So um, then there's... Uh, international sales, um, law enforcement sales, like we do all sorts of stuff. And every time we, we add a new product line, it's like an order of magnitude increase in terms of what we have to do just to support that. Cause it's not like you stop making reins just so you can make, uh, MCH lights. Like that's not how this yeah. works. Everything <laughs> keeps know? moving while you add something yeah. else. It's like, yeah. no, now there's a whole nother line coming in. So now it's like, okay, well, how many people are we going to hire to support that? How many can they get through? Well, we don't know how many they can build. We can take our best guess. And now we're actually getting pretty good at making some estimates. But like before we had no freaking clue, like, well, I think the dude can build this many <laughs> every day. Yeah, and I, I think hope that's what our production is, uh, you know, and that's assuming everything goes right and ain't nothing ever go right. Um, so uh, it's definitely a challenge, uh, but this is where the team wins the day. Like it's not a one man show. It can't be. Like you have to no. surround yourself with good people who believe in what you're doing, who are willing to, to honestly just work to the bone to make it happen. Um, and, uh, and then when, you know, when you ship the lights, I mean, that's the best feeling in the world. Cause it's like, you've, like I said, it's like walking through fire, man. It's the best way. I mean, you're talking ballparking probably 10 to 12 weeks would be the life cycle is how long it takes to build a light. Yeah, nobody so, realizes that. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I would have said maybe like, a week. I would have thought it was like, yeah. oh yeah, a week. 
No, I mean, no, you'll lose multiple weeks just in shipping to anodize and shipping around and doing what you got to do. Most people don't know, but we have to remachine these. So like it goes from, I'm just real quickly, it'll go from bar stock to uh, the uh, basically stage one. So we'll get it machined. So it, it looks like the light you buy mostly. Then it gets anodized and then it comes back here. And after it gets plated, we have to reintroduce it to the machine uh, and face off certain surfaces for electrical contact because electricity will flow really, really well through aluminum, but it does not flow uh, effectively at all through anodize. So yeah. we have to remove certain anodized surfaces uh, for electrical purposes. So then it has to go back to the machine shop for that. And it has to get back in line. And then it comes back forward. And there's QC, by the way, at every stage, um, you know, measured down to a thousandth of an inch. Um, and so uh, all of that happens. Then it finds its way into the, the production uh, cells over there where, you know, it gets turned into, like I said, electrical sub-assemblies that then get put together. And then it just, it works its way down. Uh, and then it goes through final QC and then, you know, into boxes and then it's ready to ship. Uh, but when you, I just summed up, like I said, 10 or 12 weeks, I just summed it up in a minute, <laughs> you know, right. but uh, I mean, there's a lot there. And so um, just to be able to scale that operation is, is truly difficult. Uh, yeah. You're and that's, efficiency. and that's just your manufacturing. That's not to say anything of, the ideas, the development, the testing, you know, everyone's always, okay, you know, we need a brighter light. And yeah. you, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, when you guys came around with the owl, that was really, I'll be honest with you th at that point, what I saw from you guys, the only other person I'd even heard the word candela from was Aaron Cowan at Sage Dynamics. And I, yeah. I mean, I did not understand what he was saying. He's an incredibly intelligent dude. It's not a knock yeah. on him. I just, I was like, um, uh, hotspot, but yeah. I, you know what I mean? And so when you're trying to develop those additional things, that's time, that's resources. How did, so I guess when you guys were developing and, and trying to figure those things out, how did you, I, maybe it was just a discussion. I don't know, get to the point where you decided that Candela was something that was being sorely, sorely overlooked and that people were only looking at the lumen number. Uh, it goes back to us being shooters. Like we were the guys on the gun. So we're the ones out at the range. Right. And, um, running the, the, the other lights that we had talked about previously, we weren't able to put light where we wanted to put light. Uh, now we didn't create candela. <laughs> you know, oh, right. Yeah. This has been a thing. Uh, we just kind of applied it, I guess would be the way to say it. And so we were just like, no, I was like, you know, this is a going on a, on a rifle on a carbine. Like it needs to be able to reach out to those distances. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Um, you know, it's important. Uh, you talk about Aaron Cowan. Love that dude. He's awesome, by the way. Uh, and you're right. He's incredibly intelligent. Uh, he was one of the first guys to really start to kind of uh, make that that loud, which is like, hey, Candela matters. And here's why. Uh, and he would articulate that very well. Um, so on the manufacturing side, we were seeing it, too. And I was like, man, this just this this should exist, but it doesn't. And that's like I said, one of the things that drives cloud is kind of that problem solving almost frustration with why things don't exist. So like, let's go make them. Um, and uh, whether it's the owl, uh, the, now the, the rain series, uh, the MCHs, you know, candela is uh, in a lot of light applications, very, very important. I will say it's not important in all of them. Um, I don't mm -hmm. need high candela out of my overhead light right now, <laughs> you know? Um, right. So, so it, it's, you gotta, you can't, you can't get so scope locked on the word candela that, that you lose track of what a light should do for you. 
Uh, but for these applications we're talking about, I mean, it absolutely matters. Um, and I think one of the things that kind of caught a lot of dudes, uh, I won't say off guard, uh, but if, if there were any, if there were any people that were doubting that was critical early on, not so much now, uh, it was the whole, oh, well, uh, I don't need to push light to 300 yards. This is a home defense gun and I don't want high candela, you know, in my, uh, home environment because it's going to blind me if I shine it into a wall or if I shine it into a mirror or something. So, uh, that's where it become, you quickly shift from, from the science and the product into the training. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I can blind myself if I shine my weapon light in my mirror in my house. But why am I doing that? I know where my I know where my mirrors are. <laughs> you know, like I'm not yeah. going to do that. Um, and you can also blind yourself with your iPhone if you shine that in the mirror. So well, uh, I love those guys that are like, I don't need a like, light to that bright because I'll just blind myself. Or and the answer blind. is, you need all the light all the time. Like you absolutely need that light. And if you know how to deploy it. Um, you're very unlikely to have a, a any sort of substantial negative impact on yourself, but you're absolutely going to have a negative impact on the bad guy. But that's so, the thing. People would rather blame the product and say, oh, the br- it's too bright. Or you know, they're not going to look at the training and how they employ the tool. They're going to look at the tool and say, oh, that's too light. They're, that's just a gimmick. You don't, I mean, I remember seeing some of those comments when you guys I were think, coming on. People- yeah, and I think the time, time is our ally in this. Uh, yeah. you know, people learn over time, um, through a couple of different, uh, ways, you know, first of all, you've kind of got, uh, just the, the reality of people who actually, uh, you know, go to, to Aaron's classes and go to the other guy's classes and learn and experience this stuff firsthand, you know, um, the really, uh, savvy dudes, I think end up in force on force training where they're, they're experiencing this in a, on a, in a two-way range. It's like now they're getting hit in the face with it and they understand exactly how devastating that is. And suddenly they want it on their gun, you know, so there's that yeah. side of it. Then this is where the internet kind of kicks in too. Then all that training starts to kind of propagate its way through the internet. You get guys talking about it. Um, and uh, this is where the kind of the, the general opinion starts to shift on things and people start to, it becomes more of, uh, of an accepted term. It becomes more of a desire and now when, when we release a weapon light, the very first thing people ask is, well, what's the candela? Like that was not the first question they ever asked about the owl or about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or even uh, if they're buying competitors, weapon lights, they're asking that question now. And it's because they're starting to understand this is truly a critical uh, metric for something that's on a, on a, on a pistol or on a rifle or something like this matters. Um, now I said it before, not every application needs that, you know, um, mm-hmm. certain applications do. So one of the things I've been trying to talk to people about and to educate them on um, is just, again, don't get so locked into that one metric that you overlook a really good light for your application just because it might not have a, a, a magical candela number that, that you might think is required. It's like, well, yes, but no. Um, you know, if I've got a, a three acre property, yeah, I probably definitely want a high candela handheld because I'm going to want to push light three acres as far as you um, can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a three acre property. I live in the suburbs, dude. Yeah. Me <laughs> <You> too. Know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ask me, you know, I've got, uh, my EDC is, is kind of my go-to and that's our lowest candela tool, but it lights up my whole backyard. I see it all. So again, taking what it is you're trying to accomplish, um, and then, and then 
acquiring the tool for that job. And that transcends not just flashlights, but I mean, you say the same thing about a rifle, you know, mm-hmm. you know, get a SBR. Well, yeah, for lots of applications, but I'm not going to go to, uh, you know, uh, some kind of long range event with it. <laughs> like it was never designed for that. You well, know, it's going yeah, to the understanding. tailor the equipment. Yeah, you're right, going to tailor exactly. the equipment to the application. Like, do it with your flashlights. Do it with your cars. Do it with everything you in your life. Like, that's the whole point. So mm-hmm. uh, that's where uh, the conversation, and I think we do a pretty good job of that. We could be better. Uh, but just to kind of help guide people and say, hey, you know, Candela is absolutely a thing. It's going to remain a thing. We're going to continue to try to improve upon it, which, by the way, does get difficult. Uh, it just turns into... Uh, making sure that every post we put up on Instagram doesn't say Candela or die. You know, it's like, yes, but no, <laughs> you yeah. can do so is, Sometimes you need both. Is it something where we're starting to <clears throat> kind of hit those walls technologically? Like the, the growth in the technology is just not, is not there yet for us to, to push those limits. Um, you know, cause I mean, we look at some stuff like, like night vision, you know, uh, and I know exactly cause I'm going through with my brother right now. Like, Oh, why don't we look at, why does anybody run digital night vision? I go, well, yeah. cause it's just not as good. The technology just isn't there to be better than analog and analog just hasn't really got, it's still really great. It just hasn't gotten better. So yeah. is that kind of the same thing with light technology? We're at a point where what we have is really good and it's just, we're making those little millimeter you know, uh, steps now rather than large leaps? Uh, yes and no. Um, fair. <laughs> so on the, let's, we'll just start with the, the yes first, I guess. <laughs> um, there are technological limits, uh, to what is really possible right now. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of that is, uh, related to the diode in terms of how it actually produces light. Um, so, and we are subject to the diode manufacturers, right? Because there's only a couple of companies on planet earth that make these things, uh, and that make these specific types of diodes that we use to generate what we generate. Um, so, uh, most LEDs are not optimized for high candela operations. Most LEDs are, like I said, I mean, they're built for overhead lights. They're built for all sorts of light that don't involve throwing light a long ways. <laughs> General um, use, yeah. So, uh, you know, there are some constraints there. Um, but with those diodes, uh, one of the, (laughs) one of the big limits is heat. Um, Uh, people don't think about this, but it's like you turn on your flashlight and you run it for a handful of minutes. It doesn't really matter. It starts to get very hot. Um, now we thermally regulate our stuff so that way it doesn't cook itself. So that way it doesn't, you know, physically scald your hand to hold it might get it will get hot in your hand i promise you that it may get uncomfortably hot but it's not going to like fry you uh but the reason it gets hot is because we tell it to get hot like we literally tell the light how hot to get before it starts to thermally step back and protect itself um we control all of that right so with that is the goal is to get all of the heat off of the diode as much as possible uh because the diode will otherwise cook itself theoretically like it would just burn out uh, because these things get screaming hot. And so to get the heat through the system, well, you have to heat sink and you pull all that heat through the, the complete assembly. So in this case, the whole rain or the whole MCH. Um, one thing we're doing now that we didn't do previously was we're actually thermally stepping the reins differently from the handhelds because you don't hold on to the weapon light. It can get much hotter. 
<laughs> Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is great. And that thing runs like a banshee, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, just, it, just, it just screams. So, uh, so that's cool. But the handhelds, there's, it's, it's, it's a harder hill to climb because the dude's probably holding on to it. Um, and it's like, everybody wants all this performance out of this, but the reality is, and this is where I said, yes, and no, this is the, no, mm -hmm. uh, the laws of physics have to be obeyed. They just do. Um, Einstein was a smart guy. Uh, thermal transfer is a thing. Um, and, uh, when it comes to light and the way that's created, you're talking about photons, which, um, we're pretty good around here, but like, I can't magically make a photon. <laughs> move uh so you're talking about reflector design we had to des we design our reflectors and like that's a that's a thing um but there are certain constraints based on the leds uh that you know if you want a higher performing light i can give you more lumens i can give you more candela but i'm absolutely positively going to need a bigger light head to do it so now you get back into the aesthetics well what's acceptable within the community on a gun how big can that thing, what, how big can the outer diameter of that light head be before guys are like, man, the output's great, but it's bigger than my handguard, <laughs> you know, yeah. like at some point the community and the aesthetic requirements and even the functional size requirements and weight requirements absolutely kill your ability to create a higher performer. Yeah. So at some point we start moving backwards towards the the mag lights worm uh yeah, clamp yeah. onto the, the and now what's funny is if you post this out on the internet there are some dudes who would put that on their gun right now just to have the the crazy performance you could otherwise get but there's not that many of those dudes who would buy that light to justify right. standing up to production consuming all of the resource going through everything we talked about on the production side to do it like this is where we have to step back we look at the market and we say okay we're going to make the best freaking tool we can like this thing's mm -hmm. going to be wicked, but we have to do it within some constraints of knowing what the acceptable size limit is, what the acceptable weight limit is. Um, and that's kind of where cloud, the products that you're buying right now, like that's where those have kind of gone through that filter. They've said, okay, you know, this is an acceptable size. We're going to get as much out of her as we can. Cool. Um, you know, subsequent generations, you know, as we move forward through product development and things have to go through that filter. I'm not going to produce something that nobody's going to buy just because, um, or at least let me rephrase that. I'm not going to produce something with crazy output and hope people are going to buy it in spite of its form factor. Like, yeah, it it's has to supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same sense. reason. It's the same reason car companies spend a bunch of money to make sure the design, uh, the aesthetics of a, of a, of a Ford F-150 or a, of a Ferrari or whatever are as pleasing. Like it has to look good. Otherwise you don't want it. No, I mean, yeah, people, you, you're still there to make money. Not, I mean, yes, the mission is to make the, the bigger, better mousetrap or flashlight. Yeah. Right. But <clears throat> within reason and, and where it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, certainly I'm sure, right. Things you guys were able to do that was a little bit away from that beaten path. You know, I mean, hundred oh, percent. Um, you know, yeah. like you said, use the 18650, which is not a battery that everybody uses for their optics or their pre-existing handheld light. But when you see the obvious trade-off of, well, look how much power you get. Like it's a, I was actually looking at the numbers earlier. The, uh, I think maybe on the Rain 3, the uh, CR123s versus the 18650, it's like a 20,000 candela jump. It, like it's, it, it's, oh, it's a, more it's than that. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. There's a huge power decrement. Um, going to 123 batteries. Uh, and that was something that we had to kind of conquer out of the gate with the owl. Um, when we created that thing, 
we knew damn well that again, what I, I said, it was the everyman light, right? Like, but that mm-hmm. means it's, it's not the military light. It's not the cool guy light. Let's be honest. Um, and I'm not saying that in a, a mean way, but cool guys out there running night vision, the owl was never built for that. We told everybody from day one, it was not built for that. Like if you have a yeah. peck 15 or a D ball or a mall or an goal or anything like that, owl is not your light. You're going to fight that thing left and right, trying to get the ergonomics right. It doesn't yeah, interfere the rail space, with the yeah. laser system. It was never built for that. It was built as a standalone, this is a white light only rifle and to there uh, to go with you to hell and back. Like that's what she was built for. And that's what mm-hmm. it was very, very good at. When the rain came along, then things started to shift. It's like, okay, well now let's start to look at interfacing with laser systems for all the cool guys in the, in the, the night vision side of things. Cool. Let's look at dual fuel capability. Let's, you know, and then we started to uh, figure that out, which by the way, that took a minute too. Um, and so uh, once you've entered into a realm where you've got a dual fuel variant and you're able to do that, now I can start to look at, uh, well, does the military, are they interested in this? Um, you know, who, who else is interested in, in running 123 batteries? And the answer is quite a few uh, entities out there uh, just because of, you know, military supply logistics, um, operating in let's just call them austere environments is kind of the term sure. you know it's like, to get them yep. that's what they've got yeah uh and so that's fine and they know damn well and i've been told by those guys they know damn well uh that they're not going to get the level of performance that we get out of the rechargeable batteries but the rechargeable battery is just kind of a hard it's a hard no like no it's a hard stop like we won't buy this light if it won't run a 123 Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we'll just make it run that too. And then you can go do your thing and it'll probably still outperform most of the others. <laughs> so yeah. we're okay. No, um, it's still going to give you good performance, just not as great yeah. as it could be. I mean, and that's, yeah. and that's fine. I get it. You know, from and a there's nothing wrong. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people, uh, this goes back maybe about two years. So uh, when we were actually in development of the dual fuel variant of the rain for the first time, uh, Again, we listen to people. We're out there on the internet. Like, I hear you. Uh, there was a lot of people talking about, well, you know, if shit hits the fan, um, I want it to be able to run on 123s. You know, um, emergency okay. use. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll make it run on 123s. That's fine. But this is, again, where you need to kind of frame in the context. Like, uh, if you ask uh, 10 guys what shit hitting the fan actually looks like, it's probably 10 different answers. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm willing to bet in all 10 of those answers, UPS is not delivering CR 123s to you. Nope. So um, that means you're either going to have a really good stash of CR 123s. I'm sure. A lot of guys do. Cool. I've got some too. All good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to be really clear. Like I'm not talking shit about anybody or anything. It's just, you have to think about what you're doing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's where the rechargeable batteries just win. It's like I can recharge this thing with a solar panel. Yeah, it's because you I always don't need this, batteries. Yeah, you always um, get those guys. They'll find every argument in the world to debunk. You know, yeah. anything and everything. Oh, why do I need? You know, well, well, no, it's yeah. just you. You could say, I mean, you no, know, you could say, oh, well, I don't have time. If should hit the fan, I don't have time to recharge it with a solar panel. Accurate, fair enough. That's why. Again, she runs on one. 23s i'm just saying there's no such thing as a perfectly clean answer <laughs> right oh, um, almost never and, um, and so for where we're at is uh and one of the things that we've been doing lately is basically trying to remove any and all resistance uh in the system uh for people to basically 
to take away all of the arguments to not run a, a cloud light. Like if you want dual fuel, I gave it to you. If you mm-hmm. want, uh, if you don't like our remote switches, we've got our legacy bodies. So you can run your surefire switches. You can run your unity tactical switches. Unity guys are awesome, by the way. Love them. Um, you can do that. We've got our own line of switches coming, uh, a second gen line, you know, so that'll be available. Oh, nice. and it'll, it'll fit directly into all of the pre-existing reins. So that's there. Um, you know, so again, just taking away any argument that people have and then giving them the most powerful tools possible uh, at a price point, which is actually incredibly competitive um, in the market. Because again, you're getting everything in one box. Whereas with the other guys, if I may be so bold, you have to go out and buy other stuff. That was so frustrating that when up. I figured that out the first time. And I'm like, you got to buy the light. And if you don't want to push button, you got to buy the tail cap. And you also got to buy the pressure pad. I'm like, man, it's to begin with. Like, why is this a $500 setup? Yeah, uh, it gets real expensive real quick. Now, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of dudes will pay 500 bucks for a setup like this, not hesitate and just mm-hmm. business as usual. Hey, I needed this. You know, I've got... Um, DTNVS and I've got, you know, a, a full power pack and I've got the, like, they're already invested, right? Yeah. 500 yeah. bucks. Okay, cool. But that's not everybody. Let's be honest. Um, so price point does matter. And even for the guys who are that invested in all the night vision and all the expensive stuff, like you still don't want to overpay. And um, I yeah. do think the more passionate you uh, think of the kind of the, you can say it about the gun community, but you can say it about any community, but the more passionate the people are on the topic, um, the more savvy they are uh, mm-hmm. and the more money they have spent on it. So uh, just because they're willing to spend it, they don't spend that money out of principle. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they want to make yeah. sure it's for a good reason. Yeah. At, yeah, at absolutely. Uh, but they will spend money and buy the best gear because that's what they're passionate about. Again, like if you've got a three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollar rifle set up, um, yeah, you're probably going to want the best tool. And so where cloud came in uh, from a price point standpoint, I said, we're not going to be the the most expensive light on the market. When you uh, compare apples to apples, mm-hmm. I was like, no point in doing that. Like, first of all, I hate being price gouged. Secondly, like I said, we're shooters and uh, that resonates with me. I was like, no, I was like, we're going to have to charge what we're going to have to charge because American manufacturing is expensive. <laughs> Growing a company is expensive. Uh, and we're trying to feed a lot of families these days. So like, that's a thing. But at the same time, you can reel that back in and you say, well, this is, I'm not just going to add a hundred bucks to it, um, you know, past whatever level, just out of principle. It's like, no, all I'm going to do is just probably piss a bunch of dudes off. Like, absolutely not. So we're going to make it cost effective. Uh, And if you, uh, again, I mean, it's a little bit of a sales pitch, but it's true. If you look at uh, the price of one of our rain lights, even at full price, and you compare that uh, to a competitor's system, again, apples to apples, looking at the light head, the body, the tail, the remote switch, the mount, um, if you have to hard mount it via an LCS or something like that, like all those costs are real. Mm-hmm. It gets very expensive. So the rain's actually really, really competitively priced. Uh, but um, yeah, well, what we're not interested in is, is gouging people. Yeah, no. And that's, that's a, that's something I think that speaks a lot about the company and about, you know, your guys' mission goals and things. And um, it, it's the cool thing about seeing, uh, the new companies, right? You know, I mean, you guys have been around 10 years, but compared to some of those <clears throat> legacy brands that everybody was buying from before, like, hey, um, we understand the consumer, you know, and it seems like a lot of them don't. And, and that's, and I love that because people are like, oh, you know, the, I had this conversation about the rain. You go, yeah, well, it's, it's like $400. I'm like, well, 
Yes, but you're going to be at over that when you well no the other one only costs three whatever three fifty. I'm like, but do you have a tail cap? Do you have a pressure pad? Do you have this? Do you have that? And well, well, no. Like, okay, well then you can spread those costs out, but you're not going to be able to use the light. I mean, you look at it, you know, make sense of it, and people get fairly short sighted because they they don't look at things. Uh, and I work in finance, so maybe that's just me being weird, but. Like when I look at it, I'm like, I'm happy to spend the money if it makes sense. I'm getting everything at once. I can put it on. I can run with it. It's built like a damn tank. I'm happy to go. Like, there we go. Problem solved. Um, so, I I mean, and this is this has been awesome, Sean. Like, I, I really, I love hearing it. Honestly, it's a really cool story. Um, and it sounds like there's way more coming down the line from you guys. Uh, and I know I don't want to eat up a ton of your time, but like, oh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just cool to see when you see new companies come into the scene, make a splash, but then you're still there, you know, and, and that happens sometimes, but man, especially in this space, it's like, oh, that's a really cool concept. And like six months later, they're dead in the water and it's like, yeah, cool. Great. You guys did a really good job ramping this up and, you know, there's not that longevity to it. And I think what you guys have done has been unique in that you haven't had a giant product flop. You haven't had some weird social media scandal. You haven't had any of those things that like, we're trying just, to avoid all the pitfalls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, I've never, I've uh, never been through one myself, but I would uh, recommend avoiding them. Yeah. It seems reasonable. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it, uh, when it comes to, to that, I think you have to hand, handle yourself professionally. Um, we don't get into the fray. We don't get into the drama. Um, I've heard a lot of dudes talk about all the drama in the firearms industry and this and that. It's like, yes, but at the same time, show me an industry where that doesn't exist. And it just goes back to the fact that industries uh, as uh, individuals are not that huge. Like the firearms industry is big, but it's not as big as like a lot of people would think. You walk around SHOT Show and if you're there for five, six years, it's like you you kind of you meet a lot of people. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so uh, it's I, I'll bet you it's the same thing in the auto industry. I'll bet you it's the same thing in start naming other industries. Um, you know, so it's like there's humans and of course there's some drama involved, but it's like, we are just so focused on the product. Um, I am a hardcore capitalist and, um, pro freedom dude. And I will tell you, I've said it before. Uh, if we make a product that is just so damn good that the world can't live without it, they're going to buy it. It could be the great depression, but they're still going to buy it just because it's that damn good. Right. Like that's the concept is to just focus on the product. And if you make that right, I think so much falls into place around that and behind that, you know, uh, simultaneously you build up your team. And like I said, the the team makes it all happen. Uh, If you take care of those two things, uh, the market will decide it will always decide. And if we put out a shitty product, um, we should probably eat, eat shit for that. Like, let's be blunt, like fair. Uh, that's fair. Like, no, like that's the litmus test. Like we have to put out good stuff. Uh, otherwise we will catch hell on, on social media and we'll catch hell everywhere. And the reviews will be trash and this and that, and that happens to companies. Uh, and I don't sit here for one second and think that it couldn't happen. I just like to think that we've got enough uh, controls and uh, kind of checks and balances in place that things wouldn't make it that far. You know, like uh, pistol light. Surprised you haven't asked about her. Um, I don't know if uh, I was allowed to, but I know it's it's one of those things. Everyone's like, when he, you, you know, yeah. everybody yeah. when no, we can, they we can know. talk yeah. a little bit. Um, but uh, that is a perfect example. Like 
if we put out a pistol light that is even 50 or 60 percent of what people want it to be that's a flop in my opinion like again like there's a standard for a cloud product and my mind and matt's mind of this has, this product has to be worthy of the brand that we're trying to build uh same thing on the epl i mean that pistol light has um, gone through a lot of revs um it's still getting worked on and progress is being made i assure you but uh it's absolutely not going to come to market until it's ready like that thing is uh honestly it's probably going to get judged more harshly than any product we've ever put out for a couple of reasons one the amount of time that's elapsed since i made the mistake <laughs> of, of teasing a prototype um but also uh just the reality of uh how many more, more pistols than long guns there are in this country and uh, all that's, of our yeah, that's our, a good point all of our uh, pre-existing customer base um, who have bought rifle lights, I would bet pretty aggressively that every one of those dudes, and I love them all, have pistols as well. So like, mm -hmm. there's going to be a tremendous amount of demand for it. Um, and I intend to release a product that is phenomenal, that, that lives up to that name, lives up to the expectation as much as humanly possible and makes people say, yeah, cloud has arrived on the pistol light scene. So like, that's going to happen come hell or high water. <laughs> but it's not going to happen until the product's right. And until we've got the supply that we're not just going to immediately be back ordered after 30 seconds. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's got to be done correctly. That's more important yeah. in the long haul for everybody. Uh, so, um, so yeah, when it, when it comes to, to that, uh, you know, we're increasingly aware that more and more people are following us and they're more passionate uh, for clouds brand. And I, you almost feel the pressure to getting ratcheted up just because of that, you know, it's like, it's it's i wouldn't trade it for the world i love it but at the same time you become it's always in the back of your mind like this thing this thing's got to work right and it's like if there's any doubt she's she's not leaving the dock <laughs> you know well, like the cool part though is it's people are excited because they've seen how you know how great some the, the the rains and the owls and things and the mch have been so it's like well hell you know i mean let, what's the pistol like going to be like but we've also seen you know there's been companies that have rushed to market with their pistol lights and have been less than stellar, you know, yep. even though they were different, they were new, but I think it, happen. it only carries it's you so hard. far just to be different. You know, it has to be better. Yeah. yeah it's uh, and here's the, this is where uh, the joke around the shop with Matt and I is that, you know, we, we try to shoot the, the good idea fairy out of the sky. Like <laughs> just because, you know, you can do a lot of things, but that doesn't mean you should, you know? So anytime yeah. we're, making changes around here it has to resonate with the customer well you know i appendix carry every day like again we are the customers so i have a pretty good idea of what they want you know we train a lot we talk to a lot of guys like again all that feedback comes in like we're the beneficiaries of that like we listen mm -hmm. to that and you get a pretty damn good idea here's what the form factor's got to be you know obviously people want as much performance as they can get out of it uh, you know, what does the switching have to be on a pistol light? How picky your guys going to be about that? Probably pretty damn picky. Um, you know, there's certain criteria there uh, that uh, that product has to meet. And then I know that that will help it to be received in the best possible way. You know, and that matters uh, for a lot of reasons to us. But uh, we can't, I mean, you can look at, you know, the financial realities of that. You can look at the branding and the growth and this and that. But I'll tell you what, like those things are going to get used just like our rifle lights and they're going to save people's lives. Like the shit matters. Um, yeah. I said it to a dude earlier today when I was talking to him on the phone, I was like, I said, uh, with all due respect to whoever makes a chessboard, I said, I couldn't make a chessboard 
uh, and carry this level of passion into it. Like I just couldn't do it. I don't even play chess. Lots of people do. And I'm chess board needs to be made. And that's, that's good. And I'm sure there's money in it, but it doesn't change the fact that that won't bring my ass back to the shop at two in the morning, but a pistol light will, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that. So for us, like, that's how we know we're in the right seats. That's how I know I'm in the right seat is like, this is what I want to do. And then when I see those emails coming in that nobody ever reads, by the way, because it'll always lead with, uh, please don't share this. Don't tell anybody. Um, you can't publish this or whatever. And it's, it's all the stories that, uh, you know, tell the tale of these things, doing what they do in the field, saving somebody's life, doing this, doing that. It's like that, that means a lot to us. Um, yeah, and I can only imagine it, 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 it makes it worth it. Um, yeah. the real good ones. Um, it seems like I always come across them about one in the morning, <laughs> you know, when it's good and late and you're tired and you're just cooked. And then here comes a message through Instagram or Facebook or email, whatever. And it, you, you read that and you're just like, that's why I stay up at night. Like, yeah. okay, good. Well, it's cool to hear though, you know, the passion. And then just to hear that what you're doing is the right thing. It like, matters. That's gotta be, yeah. It's gotta be probably one of the most like incredible and rewarding feelings, you know, yeah. despite being two in the morning, tired of shit. <laughs> like, well, wow. you are, but at the same time, I just like, you know, it's just like, okay. Like I can go to sleep tonight and uh, get up tomorrow and we're right back at it. But uh, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I mean, somebody went home, uh, you know, because that tool worked when it was supposed to work and it worked how it was supposed to work. And it's not always weaponized, by the way, you know, handhelds yeah. save, save lives too. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see it. And I think with that pistol light, again, it's going to be that on steroids, you know, look at the statistics. Most of the time rifles aren't used. No, um, and all those no. body cam videos you see, a lot of it's handguns, yeah. and a lot of it's with of it. overwhelming. Light. Um, yeah. You know, and and uh, every cop has issued a, a pistol, uh, and a mostly almost all of them now pistol lights. Thankfully, not everybody has a has a rifle. Um, uh, and then on the civilian side, it's the same story. You know, from a home home defense standpoint, like I'm a huge believer in a rifle, <laughs> but uh, again, we are more on kind of the, the hardcore hobbyist side of it. Right. So, I mean, that's just kind of how we are. If you're talking about night vision and, and all this stuff, like you're at a level that a lot of guys don't go to uh, with regards to how, how much you're doing uh, in that realm. But most people, they've got a, a pistol. Like yeah. that's, that's commonality. Uh, and that pistol hopefully has a light. Most of them probably do not. Most of them should, <laughs> you know, you can they make an argument that any, any single defensive weapon should have a life because bad things happen at night. Um, so, so that's part of it is just knowing that that pistol light is going to get used very quickly, I think in those real world situations. Um, and, uh, again, like it's just, it's another reason it can't fail. It's really frustrating if you go to the range and, uh, you know, a piece of gear you have, uh, gives up the ghost and dies on you. But if it's in a critical moment and it's 2 a.m. and you're in your hallway and your daughter's room is next to you, like that's the wrong time for a piece of gear to go. You can't. Like, yeah, that, that just happens. Right. That thing's going to work. Something real bad is going to happen, right? So like um, that that drives us too. Because again, we do force on force training. We do, you know, uh, lots of UTM work. We UTM around the shop here at one or two in the morning. We come up, come in here and just run UTM rounds in the shop and we'll put no shoot targets at some of the offices and things like we do that shit hilarious because then by the way there's frag all over the place the next day but like i'm sure um, the drywall's got to be amazing yeah uh, we, we do okay we're, we're guarded in how we do it we're not trying to take out computer monitors or anything but um 
it's a, it's a case where when the guys creating the tools or the guys running those drills and doing that and know the realities of that, it completely dictates what the product is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I know how much spill I need in a pistol light. I know how much throw I need in a pistol light, at least for uh, say concealed carry applications or for duty applications, which by the way are different. Um, you know, you have to look at the tool and then that's, I think one of the things that we do well around here is, is, tightly define that and then go execute on it. Yeah. It's that, that it's something that gets lost. Maybe that's part of the problem with, with, you know, again, some of those legacy companies and things is just that disconnect between realistic applications and, and the understanding that comes with the development and, and, uh, and, and linking those two and beyond just understanding that they are linked, but really, you know, the, the, the depth of that understanding and the seriousness yeah. that comes with it. My understanding, I think, uh, with regards to just say those those uh, older companies, the the legacy companies that you're talking about, um, I understand why, at least uh, at some level, they they operate the way they operate, and a lot of it comes. Uh, you're almost kind of a victim of your own success. Like when you get to a certain size. Uh, changing the way the machine operates is incredibly painful, incredibly yeah. expensive, not always worth the squeeze. Um, you know, and if you're neck deep in government contracts or you're this or you're that, it's like, you can't even make a change because the gov, whether it's our government or somebody else, bought an obscene amount of product and that's the requirement. And you signed a contract saying you to do deliver that. that. Yeah. <clears throat> so like now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, um, what does that do to your development timelines? Cause you know, you were talking about product development uh, kind of being a separate entity from production. And you're absolutely right. It is like the development team here, like completely different unit. Um, you know, we have a kind of an integration between the development team uh, and the production team. We call it the sustainment team uh, product sustainment, who basically helps to maintain existing product lines. Um, and if there's any sort of, you know, inline changes or updates or this or that, uh, it, and it's not just to the product I'm talking about, to the tooling, to the way things are produced, to updated manufacturing methods. Um, that's where the, the sustainment side of it comes in. But on the actual product development side, like, hey, here's a brand new product and we want to go create it. Um, that's a completely different unit, you know, uh, and not everything makes it to market. It just doesn't. Um, even if it's a good idea, it might not be financially uh, reasonable to do it. Like if it doesn't make sense, you can't produce something that should exist just because it should exist, but you know, it's going to not make you enough money to justify the, uh, again, the amount of bandwidth, like great example is that Chikro. Um, we mm -hmm. joked about that earlier. So, uh, do you know about that? I don't know what you know about the story. I'll tell it to you real fast. It's Actually, funny. I don't, yeah, I don't know the story. I know a lot of guys like it. It's very convenient and small for the EDC applications. And, um, yeah, but I, yeah, I um, don't know. I was going to, show you one here but yeah i mean it's it's just uh it's chicro stands for chinese micro um hilarious so uh but what i wanted was that little admin light um because it's incredibly handy and um so i'm still the guy who's in charge of doing cost analysis on products um looking at the market viability in the space uh and basically saying, okay, well, if uh, the Chikro is a great little example, so here's a little light, uh, we want to produce it. What do I think it's going to cost? Well, I can do that pretty effectively. 
um, and work through everything I work through, um, create some spreadsheets and stuff and break it all down and say, okay, well, here's what I think it's going to cost us to manufacture it. And then you have to cost plus that profit. Um, but it's not just like, oh, well, I'm going to add X amount of dollars and that's my profit. It's like, well, no, because you have to cook in everybody else's profit because, you know, two-step distribution gets a cut or retailers get a cut of yeah. that. So you took theirs in before you make it. So it's like, you have to kind of keep stair-stepping it up. And mm -hmm. so this is where Amer American manufacturing, uh, the reality of, of it is just, it is what it is. It's not cheap, especially if you're trying to make something quality. Yeah. Uh, and so I did the cost analysis on the Chicro and, um, for the ease of conversation, let's just say that it was going to cost us um, about as much as we would have to sell it for to make it here domestically. Because yeah, it's just the nature of it. And, so and I was like, and so I sat the team down. This was this is the, this is where it starts to get funny. By the way, I pulled everybody in the conference room, um, and uh, not everybody, but uh, the crew that we're talking about here. There were like eight or nine of us. And I said, here's the deal. And so I, uh, I said, this is the light I want. I said, the market wants this. The market needs this. I said, we can sell this. And I said, it will, again, it'll live up to cloud. Like it'll outperform its competitors. Uh, I said, but I said, we got a decision to make. I said, we can't make it here. And I show like, here's the numbers. Like, this is why we can't do it, but here's why it should exist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so uh, I said, we're going to fundamentally have to make a decision. I said, Cloud is is an American manufacturing company. We make it all here. We're known as probably the most American manufacturer uh, weapon light or flashlight in this instance, which is super cool. And we're going to maintain that. I said, but we're either going to sit on the sidelines or we're not going to make it. Because when you look at the market analysis, if I have to charge what I have to charge to justify it, I will not penetrate the market enough. Nobody's going to buy it. Some people would, but I'm telling you right now, again, it doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't cross the threshold. Not enough people will buy it because the market is conditioned to uh, Chinese manufactured lower end, very small flashlights. Let's put it that way. Yep. Okay. Cool. So, are we going to sit on the sidelines or are we going to get in the game? And I looked at him. I said, I want to get in the game. Like I'm not a, I'm not a guy who sits on the freaking sideline. Like let's do yeah. this. I said, um, and so. You know, it was kind of an interesting conversation for a second because everybody was uh, trying to kind of, <laughs> I think, <laughs> filter and, and deal with this notion that uh, we're going to go to China for a flashlight. Like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Yeah. I said, here's the deal. I said, here's the deal. I said, we have to lean into the punch. That's what you got to do. Like, we're not just putting in fine little print at the bottom made in China and not talking about it. I said, that's a mistake. I was like, no. Like this thing is going to scream made in China and we're going to tell them it's made in China. We're going to own it. We're going to own it. It's going to be fun. Like, let's yeah. have fun with it. Fuck. It's like, damn, it doesn't always have to be serious. So, um, and as soon as we crossed that threshold, one dude's like, we need to ship it in a Chinese takeout box. I said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So much. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and then um, another dude's like, the Chikro. That wasn't me. Uh, he shall go unnamed unless he wants otherwise. But like, he was the guy who came up with the Chikro name. So I was like, Chinese freaking micro. That's brilliant. Okay, so that was cool. And then I was like, we'll ship it a Chinese takeout box. And then we're like, we got to get custom fortune cookies. Like, so we had 10,000. Really? That's awesome. Cookies. Yeah, hilarious. And they all have custom fortunes. Like your future is bright. 
you know, uh, and like not EPL and like all these other things. So we're just yeah. Uh, hilarious. Um, and so uh, we just leaned in. Like I said, you just got to lean into it. You just have fun with it. And then all of a sudden it's, it's, it's transparent. It's honest. The product is still great. We still warranty it forever. So uh, should one shit the bed on you, I'll just send you a new one. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's fine. Um, and so that was kind of where that, that came from, but the whole Chicro, it wasn't because I wanted to, to go manufacture it in China. It was just because we wanted to make a product that wasn't viable in the space here yeah. at that price. Um, no, it's, it was like, it's, you look you know, at it, so, and it makes sense. Yeah. You and know? it was just, oh, it's like, you know, for us, I mean, we're, we're a young crew. I'm 43 and I'm the old guy. I don't know how that happened. Uh, you know, so it's like, we're just, we're a fun loving bunch. I mean, it's, it gets a little rowdy here, uh, but it's fun, you know, and it's like, you get into marketing and creative meetings, you get into product, uh, dev and things like it just gets, it's just fun. Um, you know, it's almost more like a barracks sometimes I think than, <laughs> than a corporate environment. Uh, but, uh, again, that kind of feeds into the spirit. And I mean, just the energy in that room when we were talking about the Chicro that day was very real and everybody, they were just going nuts. You know, because it was just like you could just see like people's eyes lighten up, like ideas, and they're like, I mean, the the takeout box was probably the epitome. That was just perfect. You know, so we had I don't know if you know, but we had custom Chinese takeout boxes made with a cloud logo over like the the Chinese takeout box. That's uh, awesome. And you know, we, yeah. Oh, and then most people don't know. So well, when we were getting ready to launch that, um, we still we don't ship them in Chinese takeout boxes very often because those boxes are a pain in the but to put together their hell oh, really building one who cares, but you have to build yeah. thousands. Mm, so yeah. we had, uh, it was a Friday night, um, before the launch and we had a, uh, a boxing party and I just asked, uh, whoever wanted, it wasn't mandatory or anything. I said, you know, we're doing this. I said, we're going to cater in a bunch of Chinese food. Yeah. Um, so of we course, did, yeah. uh, and then we had, uh, like Chinese uh, restaurant music played over the speakers. And so we're all sitting there mowing down Panda and, um, yep. you know, building these boxes. And, uh, and it was just, it was just like, this is just a good time. <laughs> you know, everybody That's got a good awesome. meal boxed. Uh, I don't even know how many thousands of them that night. I think we had 20 some of our dudes show up for it, which is fine. And like, we just sat there and just went to town and um, it was a good time, you know, but it was uh again, you just got to lean into it and you just be transparent. That's how we are. Uh, you know, if we go offshore for other products, like we're going to tell you that we're going to, again, lean into that. Uh, but the American side of this manufacturing entity is where we started. It's where we're going. That is the future. But I will also say, absolutely. There are some products that if you want them to exist with a cloud name, the, the nature of offshore manufacturing has made it uh, kind of untenable, uh, un undoable to, to do it domestically. Um, unless you want to chew up a bunch of money and a bunch of manpower and bandwidth to produce a product that's not going to sell very well. Um, and then you might ask yourself, well, would you rather our production personnel and assembly capabilities be put towards that or something like a pistol light? Mm. Well, yeah, there it is. How about we make a pistol light here because that, you know, so we get the, those big flagship hardcore products like 
it's being made right here. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and if, uh, if there's some ancillary support stuff, um, that's made, uh, offshore, that's fine too. Like that's fine. Uh, but, uh, the flagship stuff is here. Uh, always has been, always will be, we're hardcore about it, but, uh, but yeah, it was just the Chicro, man. That was, that was a thing. It's, it's, that's awesome to hear. Just a fun, I mean, that is, that's a really fun story and, you know, uh, it's, it, it just, it's, it's amazing, right? Like how much of a difference it makes when you just, like you said, lean into it, like, Hey, listen, uh, this, it is what it is. We're not going to hide it. We're not going to try to, you know, bury it under all the product specs, like the, the serious stuff, like, you know, the rain, the, the pistol light when it, when it's ready, like that's going to be here for your pocket light to find your keys when you drop it in the parking lot here, we're going to make it accessible and affordable and you can have a couple of them and you know, it, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, and it's still, like I said, it's still warranty. It still outperforms the other guy. Like what doesn't blow up in your pockets. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's like, show me the downside. Mm-hmm. Um, like why not? And I, I know that there were some people out there who were like, Oh man, you know, cloud sold out and they did this, they did that. I was like, I was like, dude, I, we named it the Chicro. Like, like you know, man, we get it. We understand what you're like. Like no, no, we're not, we're not hiding this. <laughs> yeah, like, um, that was just it was just kind of funny. Uh, but overwhelmingly, like we've sold a ton of those things, um, yeah. and uh, it's great because it's it's good. And the other side of it too is it opens up the market to people who might not and probably don't otherwise own cloud product, uh, but mm-hmm. now they do. Uh, and when they're in the market for a premium product, hopefully they come back. Like yeah. hopefully they say, hey, yeah, my experience with this has been really good, man. I'm going to go check out that MCH now because, yeah, I actually need a good light to go camping. Yeah, I mean, in the I, age of customer experience. That's what and, we do. Yeah, and right. online ordering, you're going to go back to where you have the good experience and the good product, you know, and ideally those two things together in the same place. Like, hell yeah, that's that's the yeah. recipe for success, you know. Uh, I hope so. so. <laughs> that's what I'm yeah, No, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, uh, with what we've seen so far, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not just saying this to say this, I mean, like I said, I have a rain and I love that damn thing. Uh, it's, we we see it work with businesses. There's businesses in the space that do the kinds of things you guys are doing and all the stuff we just talked about and they find success, you know, for whatever that is for them, but they are finding that success and it's different than it used to be. You know, you're seeing some of the older companies uh, in, in all, you know, spaces and industries and part of our community that are maybe starting to slow down a bit, maybe starting to lose some of that market share. And it's not because they're bad companies, but they're just not maybe doing the right things. And it, yeah. it's just, it's, it's it a goes. challenge. Uh, I don't want to beat on it too long, but those bigger companies, uh, the bigger you get, the last, uh, the less kind of agile you get. Yeah. You uh, lose the flexibility. And I think a lot of times it kind of gets tied up. It's not that you can have too many people, but if you've got too many layers of, uh, let's just say management or um, structure too many people answering to, to too many other people. I think it's, and it's just a function. Like how do you as a business owner, like, okay, how do I buffer against that? Like if I quadruple the size of the company, what are the human realities for that? How many people do I need? How, you know, like, yeah. but, and how do we maintain and protect? And the, here's the big, here's the, here's the rub. Like how do we protect what we are right now at that scale? That's the it's- challenge. It's tough. And that's what I'm hell bent on doing. Like I, I just thought you work in 60 hours a week. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Well, and if I do, I, I do anyways, but like, um, <laughs> what, what I'm getting at is, is 
if I fail in that, if we fail in that, you're going to be talking to another dude on another episode of this podcast who's an up and coming light guy. And you're going to be yep. talking about the old guys <laughs> who have lost their way. Like, that's what I have to avoid. Right. Yep. And I think, again, I've said it, I'm just going to keep saying it. Like the passion drives that, you know, if, if you, I don't even care how much money I ever make. Um, not really. Like I don't do this for the money. I do this because I love it. Um, and again, if we do it right, we're all going to be taken care of. Like this is a, a company and yeah, we're trying to take care of families and we're all trying to retire out of this thing eventually. But like, I'm just a guy who I didn't think I could retire. Nope. Yeah. And I've said it a million times, like we'll just start another company. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. like, that's just how that would go. Like, I just don't see it. We're just not going to stop. Like it's just too much fun. And I think we've barely scratched the surface. Like we've talked about the firearms community, but there are a ton of people like step back from firearms for just a second. Um, you know, I'm always going to carry a gun. My rifle is always going to live next to my bed. There's some hardcore realities to that. Like yeah. I'm a gun through and through this planet though is dark half the time. And there's 7 billion people on it. There are a lot of flashlights that need to be made for people who are passionate about guns, for people who are not, um, and for people who maybe find themselves in the middle. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. Like, everybody needs a flashlight, and Cloud is capable of making really good flashlights for just about any application. Like, if I can make one survive on a, on a uh, uh, 308 rifle, <laughs> you know, on a SCAR-17, um, I can probably ensure that the, the, the light that, uh, some dude who doesn't own a gun, but, uh, loves to go camping with the family in the smoky mountains, um, gets a really good flashlight. Like I can ensure that, that this dude is going to get a, a world-class tool that he can depend on, uh, to make sure that, Hey, if a black bear comes moseying through the campsite, he can at least put light on it. Now you and I would probably wish we had the rifle <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. But that'd like, be my first thought. Yeah. Uh, and I do have a rifle, <laughs> but like <clears throat> not every, that doesn't apply to everybody. So like, I'm not so just uh, blinders on to the fact that, that, oh, it's the gun community or bust. It's like, well, man, that's where the passion is. But I also understand from a company perspective, a lot of people need a lot of flashlights and cloud is able to do that now because of all the things that we've gone through, you know, because we've scaled and because we can make the lights we need to make now. And if we need to make more, we know that recipe now, <laughs> you know, so right. um so, yeah, I mean, I, I am actually pretty excited about breaking in, into some other markets with it. Um, but home base is always the, the guns. It's where we're at. We love it. Um, I know that's polarizing gun firearms are a very polarizing topic in the world. We know that. Um, I know that some companies won't want to do business with us because of it. That's fine. I'm not going to go groveling to people. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, like I said, the earth is dark half the time. Like yeah. you have to take the gloves off and step back and say, okay, like we can make really good lights. What lights should we make? What lights resonate with the community that we're already serving? You know, what do gun guys also do? Well, they're outdoor guys. Usually large. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know what kind of vehicles they probably drive. I drive one, <laughs> you know? So um, like you can, you can start to kind of look at some other areas and say, man, you know, we could, we could do something there too that's going to resonate and it's going to help grow the brand um, and grow the, the capability and the capacity of the company, which feeds all the product development and feeds everything. So yeah, uh, yeah there's just a ton. I'm just talking your ear off. I'm sorry, but uh, it's, it's, no, a ton it's of great. Here. And I think, um, I think people are going to see a lot of really cool things coming from cloud. 
uh, up to and including a pistol light. I promise. <laughs> Good. No, hey, uh, and I appreciate uh, you, you again making the time to to walk me through all this and like it's just it is it's great to hear you know that you guys are are finding success and and having fun while doing it and and that there's more coming even more you know um <clears throat> so this has been awesome Sean thank you so much man um and I I mean it's it's been great hopefully we can uh, connect maybe in a couple of months or something and and get even further into this because I know there's I mean tons that we haven't even scratched uh behind I mean we can talk about application alone for hours you know photonic barrier yeah. and things like that oh, so uh no, I, I mean, really to. appreciate it no, yeah, no i'm happy to i think uh as entertaining as i might try to be uh i think everybody <laughs> might fall asleep if we <laughs> if you just if you just push the green light and let me talk i probably wouldn't shut up uh um, no, we'll just do it again it'll be good yeah yeah we'll do it again no it was a good time i really appreciate it absolutely sir and uh, we'll be in touch stay safe out there looking forward to it you too so pretty cool conversation, guys. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Sean is a very cool dude, and you can tell just the way he talks, you know, and and the detail and everything. Like, he's just very passionate about what he does. And he said it, I don't even know how many times, you know, that he does what he does because he loves it. You know, money is like the secondary thing. Yeah, you got bills and stuff, but it's it's cool when you get to meet people like that that have this passion, and it's directly translated into things like nylon gear or or flashlights or building a suppressor or optics right and in turn you get to share that passion with them by yes you you pay money for the product but you get to benefit in the end because you have a bigger better mousetrap or flashlight or suppressor whatever right so really really just awesome opportunity to hear how owl was uh or sorry how cloud was formed how the owl came to be because that was really where a lot of people started to take notice of them right was that you know big, here's this big old honking weapon like that is so different from everything else we have out there well, i wonder what these guys are doing this is interesting and then fast forward past that now we got the rain and the rain two and the three and eventually soon here you know it sounds like we may even have a viable uh you know pistol light that if it follows the same trend of everything else they've released is going to be one hell of an offering on the market uh and you know to hear that whole story and how the whole company came about from guys that were just firearms enthusiasts, right? Uh, their day job had nothing to do with, uh, you know, shooting. It was just a passion that they turned into an endeavor, which they then turned into something that is literally changing the face of the firearms market. You know, everybody needs to have a white light. Lots of people say it. It's not just me sitting here saying this because I had Sean on and I'm telling you that Sean's great. Sean is great, but there's lots of people in this community that advocate the many, many reasons why you need to have a white light, a handheld, a pistol light, a rifle light, and cloud makes all those things. So hearing about that and a company who's been doing it the right way, they don't get distracted by, you know, weird social media crap and goofy gimmicks and trying to just do the same thing as the next guy. They're doing their own thing, their own way. So I really, really enjoyed that conversation. And I am really looking forward to being able to connect with Sean uh, in a couple of weeks, you know, hopefully, or, or a couple months, you know, it just depends on how the calendars all play out. You know, I know, understand he's very busy. And I would love to have a follow up conversation getting into not not the specifics we did here of talking about how the lights are made and running the business, which is still a fascinating conversation. And I know he could he could probably speak at length for several more hours with everything he has learned and gone through in the past 10 years, but to talk about the 
practical application because I really think with the companies that we're seeing today that are very effective in the marketplace, one of the biggest commonalities is that these are these are people who are end users. These are guys that train, these are guys that shoot, these are guys that listen to their consumers, but they're it's because they're doing it themselves. They go to force on force training. They understand the importance of having a good flashlight or they understand, you know, some of our other sponsors like HRT, they understand the importance of having a quality plate carrier because they've been through what happens when that that essential kit when the the you know the bezel fails on your light and you crack the lens and reflector and you no longer have a white light when your plate carrier rips and falls apart when your your optic just goes dead because it's a piece of shit and it's just not made very well these are guys that know right that this is what can happen when you don't you don't make a good product right and they and they put that same kind of responsibility is probably the best word for it into their work, into their products and into everything that they, they put out with their name on it, with their company's name on it. So, uh, really cool to to talk with people like this. I've said it before and I'm probably going to continue to say it, you know, it's a blessing really to be able to make these kinds of connections and build these kinds of relationships and things with people in the industry, especially people like this, that, you know, it's cool to hear from them. It's cool to see their passion and how it can match yours in a different way, but they're every bit as passionate as you or I might be just about what they're doing. Shooting and training. Yes, but take it a step further. They run a flashlight company. I run a podcast. It's, the same passion, just directed and channeled and funneled in a different way. So it's it's always very, very cool to have those opportunities to connect with people and kind of grow the network and expand. And and then in turn, right, we get to take that, <clears throat> that information, we get to take that conversation and connect it back to all of you. So maybe if you're listening to Prepared Mindset and you're thinking to yourself, man, I really do need to get a rifle light. Hey, I really do need to get a handheld light. Hey, go look at Cloud Defensive. Are they the only ones out there? No. No, they're definitely not. And Sean said as much, right? But if you're looking for a company that is trying to make the best light that they can and do it the right way and make it here in America, like, yeah, they're your guys, man. And they're going to take care of you with some of the best service around. And, you know, I've had people tell me sometimes when I have these kinds of guests on that you just sit there and man, you just fanboy for them. And well, here's one thing, like I'm not going to invite somebody on to insult them, but B, I wouldn't invite them on if I didn't want to hear from them, if I didn't want to know what makes them so successful, if I didn't want to bring that to my audience, to all of you, right? So yeah, I mean, I love Cloud. I think they're doing outstanding shit. I've played with an owl before, the LCS, my dad has one. Uh, you know, I'll probably pick up at least one for one of my rifles here in the very new future. I have a Rain 3.0 myself, and I am really looking at, in the future here, hopefully getting a hold of one of their MCH handheld lights, because I'll tell you what, uh, I'll just say I have a handheld from a legacy company, and while it works, and I've had it for about six and a half years, and it hasn't failed, um, 600 lumens just really isn't doing it for me anymore, so great to to sit down and have these conversations and again grow the network talk with these people but then like i said as an extension of that benefit share this all with you and then hopefully you have another idea of who you can go to not just to give your money away but where you can invest you can invest in this company's success that is investing in your success with quality well-made products 
that are designed around the feedback from end users and the community that is supporting them. It's a symbiotic relationship, you guys. Um, but yeah, super, super cool relationship. You know, I got to talk to Sean, uh, you know, before and after we recorded. So just stellar dude and clouds an awesome, awesome company. If you guys aren't following them, go check them out on social media. Uh, they got all kinds of funny stuff out there and they're testing. If you guys think that, Hey, Oh yeah, that, that light's expensive. Why don't you go check out the durability on these things? Um, I have a, I don't know about you, but like I have a lot, shit, uh, a lot easier time uh, dropping a couple hundred dollars on a flashlight if I know that it's A, going to be well warranted and well taken care of, but B, that it's damn near indestructible and it's not going to fall apart on me. All right. I have a lot easier time with that. So go check out Cloud Defensive. Grab yourself a light. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Really, really appreciate you sticking around and listening and checking out all the good episodes that we have as we drive towards our milestones. I know we're pushing towards breaking another, uh, you know, thousand follower milestone on Instagram. If you guys are listening to this and you're not a follower yet on whatever pod platform you're listening to, please do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. The metrics help drive and help do so much for us and help us do so much more to be more successful. Really, really appreciate you guys hanging out and listening, but that's all I have for you. So until next week's episode, you guys get out there. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter and be prepared. Be prepared.